For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and we get it. Spring training is getting... A little boring. The first game of the year, you were like, oh my God, baseball's back. Can't wait to eat that chicken bucket at Yankee Stadium. Now it's March 15th, and you're kind of like, oh, the regulars are going to play four more innings. Great. I, I they, let, me know, let me know if anybody gets hurt, and then I'll tune in. Well, we are here to cover these storylines that you should keep an eye on over the next two weeks while these games are still happening. Who's getting that final bullpen spot Six-man rotation of possibility. Either way, Davey Garcia and Domingo Herman's competition is heating up. What's going on in the bench? Is Tyler Wade going to be on the roster? And is there a backup catcher battle? Also, it might just be time to say goodbye to Miguel Andujar. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. Please ask us anything in those reviews. We are more than happy to answer those cues. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. We're still watching spring training, right? We are five wins in a row. They all count. Oh, too, yeah. Right? The Yanks are hot, right? I forgot. Uh, the Yanks are actually on fire. Blazing hot. Uh, it's great. Uh, you look, you go to you go to Yankee stats and go to the MLB page. It's pretty incredible. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pitchers who have yet to give up a run this entire spring. I know only two of them. Uh, had thrown one inning, but every or three of them have only thrown one inning, but everybody else at least at least over two innings. So that's awesome. And uh, you have to you have to say the starters are looking good. Kluber had the one little hiccup the other day, but 0.67 whip, 190 batting average against. You got to like what you're seeing here. The pitching staff's starting to kind of round itself off. And uh, we're going to be coming down to the home stretch, I think, for the determinations for the opening day roster, because we got, like you said, the final spot in this bullpen. What are we going to do with the final spot in the rotation? Will there be a six-man rotation? Don't know, but there's still plenty to talk about, and <laughs> we love to have conversation, I will say. we You will say. I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not bummed out by Kluber giving up those runs. No. He, he, he gave up, like, he gave, the nine hitter hit a monster shot off him, but then he gave up, like, a uh, he hit a guy, guy went to second, dinky wild pitch, grounder scored him, whatever. Corey Kluber looked great. Jameson Tyone, Command a little bit off in his most recent start, but once again, no earned runs for Jameson Tyone. Is that Battling. good? 
It's put bad. guys on base, didn't didn't let him get all the way around. I would say pretty impressive. Uh, but Davey Garcia and Domingo Herman, let's talk about like the potential of a six-man rotation or at the very least where we stand in this horse race. Uh, for those who haven't watched in a while, Davey got lit up in two innings by the Phillies in his first start in a game that ended up being like a 15-0 loss or something. That was only about two weeks ago. Uh, less than that. It was like a week yeah, and a half ago. Yeah. Um, and Domingo Herman's first start was his first batter was a three-pitch K. He was brilliant against the Tigers. So we sort of did a little coverage where it was like, eh, you know, we're not going to make any final judgments here, but it's fairly clear who's ahead of the pack after one start. The veteran looked dominant like he hadn't missed a single day, even though he was at 550 days away from the game of baseball. And the rookie who was theoretically not even supposed to pitch in the bigs last year, you know, got a lot of swings and misses, but scattered results, gave up some absolute bombs. So since then, I mean, Domingo Herman has not relented. Nothing about his uh, spring has changed. He pitches again on Monday, so this is a big one for him. Mm-hmm. You got to say he's still probably, in, you know, the leader in the clubhouse. But Davey Garcia's next two starts were flat brilliant, and he held the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, the who brought their A lineup. Marcus Simeon was there. Mm-hmm. George Springer was there for the first time. Biggio, Guerrero, Bichette, Guriel, everybody was there. He held them to one unearned run in three innings. And look great. He's got that unique pull. He just... He has it. It's unfortunate that it, you know, you have to reduce an argument to he has it. And obviously you can talk about swing and miss rate. You can talk about barrel percentage and all that good stuff. But Garcia just knows how to command a game and it doesn't matter what age he is. He's only getting better. Um, And every start since that first one, he has been in complete control of the outing. So Domingo Herman probably still has the advantage of pending a stinker on Monday, but a six man rotation is starting to feel like something viable that we should at least discuss, especially with Zach Britton vacating a roster spot for the time being and mm-hmm. every single pitcher in the rotation from Tyone to Kluber on an innings limit a and B needing to be stretched out before they can hit their full potential. What say you are, are you thinking this is about to become something that's considered over the next couple of weeks? I'm a huge advocate for underdog fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. And huge. Uh, I I couldn't. The, the Yankees have done this before, where they do like in the middle of the season, like a mini six man thing, and they make sure their best arms, you know, get get the start within the five days. But this, and they'll do the same thing with Cole if that's the case. Cole's going to be starting every five days, and then they're going to shift and move things around for everybody else. It makes the most sense from my perspective. You're going to have to eat innings. You're not going to want to tax the bullpen a whole lot. And this is probably the best way to do it. Like you said, everybody's going to be on an innings limit. Do we have to go through this again? Ramon hasn't pitched since September of 2019. Montgomery last year was his comeback from Tommy John. He got a shortened season and got shafted only what? 10 starts, 11 starts. Uh, And we already know the story behind Kluber and Tyone barely pitched since the start of 2019. None of these guys will be going probably 150 innings. Uh, so dream on if you thought 200 was ever even a consideration. It's not. Tyone even said uh, a couple weeks ago that uh, he had figured that his limit would be between 120 and 150. So you really have to factor in days off here. You have to keep you have to take into consideration the injuries that have affected a couple of these guys. So starting, uh, uh, you know, getting five days rest in between your starts could do wonders for them. And when you have 
a pitcher like Davey, who's proving himself to be a capable arm, a capable rotation arm. Here are his totals. Eight innings pitched, five hits, three runs, two earned. The one earned, unearned run yesterday was because Dietrich uh, dropped a relay in the outfield, which allowed the run to score uh, two walks and 10 Ks. He's got a 0.88 whip and a 192 batting average against. Once again, spring training stats are not gospel, but Davey's getting the job done. Herman, five innings pitch and his two starts, two hits, seven Ks, 0.4 whip, 125 batting average against. So uh, to kind of look at this from a larger perspective, we already know Britain's gone for at least three months. We're not going to want to tax the other top arms in the bullpen, um, especially because we're once again, we're coming off a shortened season. Pitchers have to be stretched out. Um, they're not going to be hitting their maximum limits in 2021. It's going to be a battle and a grind from start to finish. And we've seen what happens when we tax a guy like uh, Chad Green doesn't really end well for anybody. So uh, it would be great if we had a guy um, like Garcia as the hypothetical six starter getting some really good quality starts in there. I mean, I think that there he probably will get rocked here and there. He's still young. He's barely any AAA experience, very little major league experience, but he's picking up right where he left off at the end of last season, and he's getting the job done in the spring, and it's something that can't be ignored. And Boone even said yesterday after the game, it's going to come down to the final bat, uh, to the, to the, you know, the home stretch. We will see what happens. But he said specifically that they are going to be relying on Domingo Herman and Davey Garcia for all, all year because they will be uh, pitchers who will be able to eat innings and get the job done when the Yankees need it. So, I didn't take that as we are going with a six man rotation, but I took it as okay. Six man rotation could be possible because uh, is, is the better option just shuttling Davey between triple a and the major league roster. I don't know, but there's a free space in on, uh, on the roster right now after Britain's injury. And this is a great way to go about it. I would much rather see a six man rotation to start the year, even yeah. if for only a month, I mean, count, count both of us, I think in the column of preferring that, uh, to trying to shoehorn these guys into a five-man rotation. There's nobody I know of in the rotation that prefers an extra day of rest necessarily, Tanaka style, but uh, I think you, you can't knock it until you tried it. It it's never hurts to have another day in between your starts unless it completely ruins your rhythm. Somebody like Garrett Cole, I could see protesting, but you yeah. know, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it at all from an objective perspective. And if somebody wanted to come out against it, you know, it, now is the time to do that because it, it might be a reality. Speaking about that last bullpen spot, um, we've talked at length about Lucas Litke, uh, who mm -hmm. was given the heart of the Blue Jays order yesterday, walk, struck out Vlad Guerrero, caught stealing and Kevin Biggio flied out. That's what you want to see. Uh, another inning, another completely unscored upon inning. Um, and then Nick Nelson was brilliant again yesterday. Uh, total this spring, Nick Nelson, who has garnered a lot of buzz, six and a third innings, four hits, six Ks, no walks, hit a batter. Uh, another guy who hasn't allowed an earned run. I think both of those guys have earned spots in the pen, especially if they opt for a five-man rotation. Nelson probably has the advantage over Litke because of the versatility. You know, you're going to look at versatility over arm side. He can sort of be a Chad Green-esque weapon, minor league starter, a guy who can be deployed in any portion of, you know, a game. Litke is a lefty specialist in theory who can also face opposite-sided batters, and that's great. Um, but if they opt for two relievers, I think those two are your guys. If they go with a six starter, I think Nelson has the spot. But he, they've both they've both been phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just I'm choosing between two pitchers who are great at the moment.
Yeah, I would agree. Look, you're looking at the you're looking at the bullpen right now. Who has guaranteed spots? Chapman, Chad Green, Justin Wilson, Darren O'Day, um, Jonathan Luizaga, Luis Sessa. And then it comes down to if they're going to go with a six man. And I would have to agree that Nelson will get the nod. <laughs> what I don't like is Aaron Boone saying that he he pretty much he all but officially gave Nelson the bullpen spot uh, with his comments yesterday. Um, and then he said he can envision him with an immediate Jonathan Luizaga type role. And I was like, why this Jonathan Luizaga doesn't have a role. He's just like, they just, Hey, we need a pitcher. You're coming in. Uh, we need a, we need one high leverage inning. You're coming in. It's like he, he, he's a, he's doing a mix of spot starts, multi inning in relief, and then one high leverage inning or, you know, a couple of batters in, in a, a partial high leverage inning. So I didn't really like that, but it did give us insight into the fact that Nelson is probably going to get, get the final spot and Litkey will be stashed at triple a and brought up when, when needed, uh, especially cause you got to consider Justin Wilson got a slow start to the spring. Um, and, uh, Nelson is still young, so he hasn't had a whole lot under his belt, uh, over the last couple of years. And don't forget, he started his, uh, minor league career as a starting pitcher. So, um, even though he did get, uh, I think, 21 innings last year in the Yankees bullpen, there's still going to be a bit of a transitional uh, period for him to to get nestled into this role. And especially if I guess if he's doing four or five different things for the bullpen, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So there's going to be times where they're going to want to rest him and send him down. Uh, couldn't agree, though. I would love to see Litke, uh, but we could see we could still see Litke if they don't go with uh, the six man rotation. So um, and that would give them another lefty. And would certainly help things out with flexibility. But then again, Litke hasn't been in Major League Baseball uh, since 2015, has mostly been in the minors since then, and missed all of 2018 and all of 2020. So I think his usage uh, this year would be fairly limited. He was not, not exactly going to be a workhorse. Uh, but the way Nelson has pitched, his changeup has looked incredible. He hit 98 on the gun uh, this week. And uh, 0.63 whip, 182 batting average against. Once again, spring training stats, not gospel, but you like to see those stats. That's that's pretty damn incredible. Uh, I, I would give Nelson the nod as well, though. Yeah, it's it, don't be infuriated if we lose Lidke to AAA. I, it's not the it is not the end of the road. It's one of those. I mean, Clark when Clark Schmidt got demoted last year too, everyone was like, "What the? But what? Did, didn't you just see him? He was great. He was just good." It's like, yeah, no, I know, but there are only so many roster spots. That, I mean, Mike Talkman's probably not going to make this team. That's that's sort of a, a stark reality at this point. You know, they're your favorite from one year may be roster fodder the next. It's just how it works. But I I think Litke has a role on this team, whether he starts in AAA or not. Uh, if we're talking bullpen roles, we should probably talk about how Darren O'Day struck a guy out on a ball that hit him in the penis. And before we <laughs> before we move on from the bullpen, I just I do think I need to just note that that did happen over the weekend. A guy swung and missed it at a Darren O'Day uh, slider of some kind that, that hit him in the junk and he collapsed. Um, it's a pretty good weekend for the bullpen overall. Fun story. I did that in summer league all-stars uh, when I was in seventh grade, I had to poop really bad and uh, I was pitching and there was really nothing I could do. Bases were juiced. I had full count on this kid threw the ball as hard as I could. He swung, hit him right in the balls and he just went down and I immediately ran to the dugout, took uh, through my glove and uh, my batting glove on the ground and just ran to the bathroom and poop. <laughs> I once struck out on a pitch that hit me in the leg 
and it was in fourth grade and I started crying because it was really fucking embarrassing. Like it was just, I, I really did just start crying because I knew what I did. I started crying. Um, and then the coach was like this awful woman, uh, this awful woman and her awful husband were the coaches of my team. And they were like ma- probably mafia connected. So I hope they don't listen. But they, she was like comforting me. And I was like, it just was like, why are you crying? I was like, it hurts really bad. And it didn't hurt really. It obviously didn't hurt that bad. And uh, my uh, dad got out of the stands was like, why don't you help my son? And the woman goes, oh, now I know why your kid's such a fucking crybaby. Yeah, it's a great moment. And all their sons were also on my team. So like their sons took me aside in the dugout and were like, yeah, our mom, she's bad. She's, she's bad news. Sorry, nice. we're sorry. Um, but yeah, I was. I guess I'll come clean after like 20 plus years. I was crying because it was embarrassing, not because it hurt. Didn't hurt that much. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, the catcher position and the bench spots and Miguel Andujar. Stick around. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Nobody cares about youth sports, uh, specifically our youth sports and uh, me crying and sobbing on the bench. They care about the New York Yankees roster. So let's get into it. Uh, backup catcher is there a battle here um we we lost robinson chirinos uh bad signing from the jump that was never gonna work uh we lost him for a long time presumably no timetable for his return for a wrist fracture uh rob brantley hits bombs your mm-hmm. comment rob brantley does hit bombs and he's a nice guy and the <laughs> nicest yankee the absolute nicest yankee who even if he doesn't make the roster which he, he most likely won't i think they like kyle Higashioka. we've been, yeah. i mean we've been through this over and over again but Brantley is now your third catcher. He's not way down the totem pole. He's not a spring training irregularity. He is the first guy up in the instance where they need another catcher, which happened last year, certainly. And Gary Sanchez is not someone whose durability is is that of a chiseled marble statue. Yeah, it's no doubt. Uh, you have to expect to see at least Brantley a couple of times this year. Gary Sanchez has never played a full season, and he's he's injured fairly frequently. Um, I hope it doesn't happen again this year, but if history were to repeat itself, he's probably not going to play a full season. I, I would peg him in the 120 game range tops. Uh, but then you got Max McTowell bases clearing double yesterday. Uh, he's mm. made the most out of his at bats four at bats, two hits, had that bases clearing double struck out once and a walk. So um, I, you have to think Brantley is, uh, is there though. He's got, he's got two bombs and three at bats. Uh, I guess he's a slugging lefty. I guess that's the way it is. But um, I, I think we can expect to see him. I, I don't necessarily think there is a battle for the backup spot. Higashioka has earned that. Uh, his defense yeah. is very good. He started in the playoffs and delivered on a multitude of occasions against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so that'll be that. And we still have to see what the deal will be with personal catcher situations. I know that they're not starting the year off with that, but they didn't start the year off with that last year, and it ended up trending in the direction where Carrick Cole didn't probably didn't want Gary. So we still don't know what the deal was, but it, no. either way, uh, Higashioka ended up being Garrett Cole's personal catcher. It could end up trending in that direction because Higashioka will be making the roster. He'll be the backup catcher. Um, and once again, if injury strikes, Brantley will be the next guy you see. So it's important to at least track these guys' progression because they could be on the roster at some point in 2021. Darren O'Day, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, singled out Gary and said that Gary had reached out to him and demanded he catch him in, in yeah, his outings that. this spring. Yeah. Um, pretty cool. I mean, good for Gary. But yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, every level of Gary, there's a different level of trust that has to be broached. Spring training stats, if you want to dogmatically believe them, then great. He's fixed. 
But I think most of us don't trust spring training stats. And then even those of us who, you know, are willing to give the spring training stats a chance have to admit he hasn't been healthy in a long time and can't expect a full season out of him, meaning an Higashioka promotion and a Brantley promotion. And uh, your boy, Max McDowell, I guess we have to keep an eye out for him too. That last bench spot, I mean, Tyler Wade is going to make this team. We, every week, we should, we should just do a segment at this point called Tyler Wade's still going to make this team, right? And then both of us go, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, it can't be ignored that he has an option. It just, it cannot be ignored that he has an option. For all the love we showed to Derek Dietrich earlier in the spring, Derek Dietrich not exactly tearing it up either. No. Um, he's somebody that you'd love to see, I think at this point, an Adam Warren type thing where when they are shuffled off the roster, they agree on a minor league deal with maybe a later opt out Mm -hmm. and they're able to sort of uh, languish in Scranton before the minor league season starts. Um, I saw somebody theorize like a mid may opt out that might help get another month of work in build your profile. And if, if the need arises in April, you come up to the Bronx and let's face it. There's a good, there's a good chance the need will arise in April. Jay Bruce has a much earlier opt out. It's the end of March. You know, it's spring training. Jay Bruce is either, coming north of the 10 team days. or he's walking. Yeah, he's either coming north of the team or he's walking. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's earned a roster fight. He's like batting third in these spring training games. And he's playing first and left and, and all over the place. Um, and pinch hitting to get extra at-bats in games where he didn't start. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only question really is, does Wade actually get demoted? Do they go without a backup shortstop-capable player to start the year? Or do they find a partner for Mike Talkman in trade? Sort of feels like Mike Talkman is a vestige of the Tommy Canely era. Someone the Yankees have also moved on from. Um, I don't know who the real Mike Talkman is. I, I think it's somewhere between the four war level guy we saw in 2019, the miracle worker, and the Greg Bird esque player in, in 2020. Speaking of, Greg Bird looks like he's probably going to make the Rockies and hit a walk off homer yesterday. Yeah. So get ready for more Greg Bird content in your life. And that's good. Good for Greg. Um, I, I think it's going to be Wade and Bruce with Talkman, the odd man out, instead of Wade uh, getting his option utilized. What say you? Uh, I, I, re- I don't know. I, I really don't because Wade, uh, Wade is, Wade's defense is just grandfathering him to every roster at this point simply because he plays solid defense up the middle and the versatility helps a lot. Um, but you know, batting 176 this spring with a 461 OPS, he struck out nine times in 17 at bats. Doesn't it just like, doesn't make contact? I, he doesn't. I don't understand it. I don't. I don't dislike Tyler Wade. I just it would be nice if there was a little bit more progression here. He's had he debuted in 2017, so this is nothing. This is nothing foreign to him. I know it's tough to produce in limited spurts in infrequent playing time. But that's the whole point of bringing veterans on board because that's what those guys are able to do. They make they have the experience. They make the most out of those, uh, you know, uh, at bats a couple of times a week and whatnot. Um, and in 161 career games, Wade is hitting 190 with a 575 OPS. And we want to talk about his defense. The eye test. He does look he does look like a good defender, but if you're a fan of advanced metrics, I'm not entirely, but defense, he has two defensive runs saved at short and second over that 161 game span. And he has an ultimate zone rating of negative 0.5. So the advanced metrics aren't even by his side. Uh, His D war is like just barely above zero. Uh, He has a negative war overall. I know the Yankees are fine with sacrificing one batter in the lineup that just doesn't produce because everybody else rakes, but you have to think that 
having a guy like Dietrich, the, the problem here is that you can't let Wade go without bringing Dietrich on board, because even in the event that there is the chatter of, oh, Gio Rochelle could play a little bit, little bit of shortstop. Great. But then who's playing third? Oh, DJ LeMahieu. Great. But then who's playing second? You need Dietrich because he could play first, second, third and short. Bruce coming on the roster, he can only play first base in the corner outfield spot. So this bench would have, if you're parting with Wade, either after, like you said, you got to make a trade and get a backup middle infielder of some sort, or Wade's just on the roster. Uh, I don't know how this offense, this offensive performance in the spring is inspiring the Yankees, because like we've said a million times, spring training doesn't matter except for the guys who need to prove themselves. Wade is still very much in the boat of guys who need to prove themselves, and he's really not doing a good job of that. Uh, but yeah, it does feel like he's going to get a roster spot. I am just not going to sign off on it yet because the, the showing is, has been not very, not good. No, it also, it's just, he's going to get a roster spot, I think, but it just stings when you have to do the, this is fine dog watching him strike out every at bat. Yeah, and the negative you know. UZR is also so bad. Like it's bad. Can't hit, can't really feel just theoretically is like, it has the body type of someone who can play shortstop, but like, isn't great at it. Isn't like some next level you know, Andrelton Simmons light. He's just another body who can fill in it short. You've said it before that the, there's not enough contact there for me. There's not enough situational awareness there for me. I'm not a Tyler Wade fan. It's unfortunate that, you know, the Yankees look at the roster and go, all right, our worst guy, he's guaranteed a spot. Who else can we put on the bench? Like it, it sucks. <laughs> Um, and so I, you know, I guess I'm not ready to declare it yet, but every indication is he's going to make the roster. Um, and speaking of, let's wrap it up with someone who, uh, I don't think had a chance of making the roster anyway, but has just had an unfortunate life turn ever since almost winning the 2018 rookie of the year award. And that's Miguel Andujar, who has played sparingly this spring. I think some people think of him as a New York Yankee because of, you know, very recently, he was nearly the rookie of the year, um, but he he was pretty much squeezed off this roster. I, like a lot of people have to go. You got to get rid of Wade and Bruce and Talkman to get Andujar on the team from opening day. Uh, played sparingly this spring. Apparently, has been battling wrist soreness ever. You know, all winter long in the Dominican. Brought this to Aaron Boone's awareness and whatnot. He's now going to see a hand and wrist specialist. I I don't know when we're going to see him again. This sort of feels like another, uh, like as if his end with the team wasn't already official. This feels like a pretty official stamp of their the, ties need to be cut at some point. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this as one of the foremost keep Andujar advocates after 2018 when people are like, his defense will never catch up to his bat. He's got to go. And it was like, did you see the bat though? Like, it doesn't matter if it catches up or you have to keep that man on your roster and, and see what you get. Now we've we're this is year three of potentially just lost time. Their bait needs to be cut. Yeah, look, he he was never making the roster. I don't want to sound like a jerk. He he just wasn't. No way. And, yeah, and they had this plan for him, which was I don't even know what the plan was. What to be a backup utility man when his biggest red flag is his defense. And I know he showed some strides in um, the Dominican Winter League by playing some serviceable outfield in the corner spots, but he didn't prove anything last year. Uh, his third base is his third base defense is still fairly shaky. He's just not getting that job back from Gio Urshela. That's uh, that's nothing new for anybody to learn. Um, and I don't know how he was going to prove himself 
this spring with that role that doesn't really fit anywhere because the Yankees don't really need that at this point, unless he's completely blowing the competition out the water, which nobody really expected. And now if he's not going to be ready for opening day and he's not going to be getting regular reps this spring and, or to start the year at triple a, I don't know what path to the roster he has at this point. And it really sucks. And it's tough because this is three years ago. This guy was playing atop his game. Shoulder injury takes him out for all of 2019. He loses his job in a flash to Gio Rochella. And then you have um, 2020, which was a strain on everybody. And, and Duhar was demoted twice to the alternate site. I know he switched agents since, but that agent at the time when he got demoted for the second time said that Miguel Andujar should be on a major league roster, whether it's with the Yankees or with somebody else. So you have to think that that's at least some thought in Andujar's head, because I think he's probably a major league player. I think if he refines his defense, I think he's a major league player. If he gets the opportunity to prove that he can refine his defense, he doesn't really have that opportunity with the Yankees. Unfortunately, he needs to go to a team that has a vacancy at third base, I know his defense there was shaky, but that's his primary position. That's probably where you're going to want to work him out most if you're another team looking to fill that void. Um, and the more experience he gets, maybe he turns a corner, but if he's getting limited reps with the Yankees already and now is being shut down with a wrist issue, there's just no path for him. And I, I it sucks, man. It really does. Every There's really no Miguel Andujar haters. There was just frustration with... Yeah. And maybe unfounded frustration. He's still a young guy playing the hot corner is arguably the hardest position in the sport. So um, his bat was way more advanced than most rookies at their st- at any stage in their career. It's it, to start off their career. Um, but the injury coupled with the limited playing time, coupled with this utility role that the Yankees had for him, that he was always kind of doomed to fail at. It's it's probably the beginning of the end of his time with the Yankees. Yeah, it, it's just that that shoulder injury was so nothing. Like, it's just so unfortunate how much has cascaded after that. He's it, just diving back into the third base bag. It's, it's not an out of character baseball so play. It's not any sort of there was no great strain on the shoulder. It's not even a visible injury to this day. And it just completely threw off his major league trajectory. And I'm like, of course this happened to the Yankees. Like, of course they uncovered a bat like this. And luckily they were able to replace him with Gio Urshela, like wipe the sweat off your brow. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's a, it's a 30 to 40 homer major league bat with a lot of clutch moments in his first ever season of regular playing time. And then the very next year it's gone in a flash and we're going on, you know, it's been almost two years to the day of the injury and more soreness, more drama. We're getting close we are getting close to the breaking point, unfortunately, that we wish Miguel and Duhar very well. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. Please weigh in. We'd love to hear from you. Who do you think is getting the last roster spot on the bench? Who do you think rounds out the bullpen? Do we do a six-man rotation to start the year? Sound off in the comments. We want to hear from you. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. You can also talk to Adam and I directly on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. And please, in the meantime, head on over to YanksGoYard.com. We got a lot of spring training chatter for, uh, for you there. A lot of content coming up. Opening day is just around the corner, everyone. We want more talking points. We want to hear from you. But until then, we'll see you on Wednesday. See you, everybody. Jamie's log. 
Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something. Or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.